Throughout the house building process, I was slapped in the face with a lot of realities that you need to pay attention to as a business owner when you are guiding someone through your process and your services. And we're going to talk about all of those things today. Welcome to the Up In My Business podcast with me, Lex Lancaster, where you'll get an inside look at all things tech, business, and my life as a physical therapist turned digital operations expert. You'll hear all about my lessons as a business owner, the ins and outs of tech for your business, and more. From SEO, websites, and email marketing to automations, launches, and copywriting, I've got you. I'm so excited you're here. Let's dive in. So if you're new around here, my husband and I recently moved into a new construction home in the middle of January. It's 2023. So January 2023. And this past late summer, fall and winter, we were in the thick of the house building process. And that's really what I'm going to talk about today. But I also want to go into the background story of the whole build Because if you don't understand that part, I feel like it's going to make the rest of that not make sense. And yeah, so let's start at the beginning. We were travel PTs, as I had mentioned in a couple episodes ago, and we came back from Ketchikan, Alaska in March of 2020. So we actually drove across the country the week that everything shut down completely. So we drove from Seattle to, it was Bellingham, Bellingham, Washington. Oh, no, we drove from Seattle. Bellingham is where the truck was shipped to. And then they moved it to downtown Seattle, I believe. Anyway, so we drove from Seattle to upstate New York, where my parents live, in 38 hours, I believe it was. We stopped one. We stopped for half a night in Idaho at this sketchiest hotel. And then we stopped once on the outskirts of Chicago because we were just exhausted. So we slept for like six hours, got back in the car and kept going. And Chicago to where my parents live, it's about 15 hours that obviously finalized the trip. So 38 hours. So if you do the math on that, that's that's too fast for that road trip and how many miles we traveled. So anyway, we got back to New Hampshire shortly after we came back for permanent jobs. Didn't end up taking those permanent jobs because with COVID, things just didn't work out. And we ended up moving in with my sister-in-law and brother-in-law. And we ended up living there for 18 months. Now, the middle of that story, right? So March 2020, COVID was in its peak, if you will, until like June, July, right? We opened up Renegade and started seeing patients in July of 2020. So the business was started. At that point, we were actually planning our wedding. So we got married. It was a COVID wedding. So everything was just kind of thrown together. I'll be honest, like weddings are also not my, like I don't, it wasn't something that was like, oh my God, I must have this huge, big, glamorous wedding. It just was never a thing for Kyle and I. And so we threw our wedding together because COVID kind of forced that onto us. We were planning our wedding, got married in September of 2020, and we're still living with my sister-in-law and brother-in-law. They actually had a kid. My nephew was born in October, early October, and we were still living there. (laughs) 
And then in the beginning of January, we decided because at that point we had to do like proof of concept for Renegade because our whole plan was we're going to start a clinic. If it doesn't work out, we're going to leave. We're going to go do travel PT. We'll get a job somewhere. There's There was no fear for us as far as like we knew that if Renegade failed, we could jump into travel PT again at you know with no problem, especially after COVID because there were so many people who needed PTs. Uh, because during COVID, there were zero jobs. Um, that was terrifying to see. But anyway, we knew that if Renegade failed, we had to do something. So for us to buy a house or to invest in a long-term apartment in 2020 would have been silly because we needed to be able to leave. So month-to-month leases weren't really a thing near where we were. Um, definitely couldn't find one that someone was uh, renting out. And COVID was also kind of weird. So because of COVID, it was, you know, things were way more expensive than they probably should have been. And people didn't necessarily want to rent out spaces that they had because of everything going on. So we did stay with my sister-in-law and brother-in-law. It just made sense financially, but also like they were willing, they didn't mind. And it was, it was great. So super appreciative that they let us stay there for so long. And in early 2021, it was probably February. Yeah, February. We decided like, okay, we're going to be here. We're going to be here for a while. So we probably need to do something. And that started the hellfire that was looking for a house. So our actual first option was we looked for houses. So we actually looked in January, February, and March, I think, total. Maybe we didn't start in January. Either way, we looked in early winter. So with early winter, we were looking at houses and the prices were ridiculous. What we were going to buy was going to cost us more in repairs. And we didn't have, we were new grads. We were, we graduated in 2019. So our savings account was pretty minimum. We had taken one job. (laughs) Like I had my business part-time. Obviously I had talked about that before. And then we were travel PTs. So we didn't have a ton of money. So for us to buy a house that we have to then repair just didn't make sense for us. And as business owners, If you're a business owner, you understand, especially in the beginning of a cash PT business, you're busy as hell. So thinking about repairing a house when we're not working was just terrifying. And it wasn't something that we wanted to do. And it honestly would have created more stress for us than to just wait it out and figure something else out that would work better. So we ended up looking and we didn't find anything that was within our budget what we qualified for that didn't need $100,000 worth of work. So let's see, that led us to (laughs) explore building a house on the current piece of land that we're on now, which is so ironic. It was owned by Kyle's dad. So it makes sense. It's just we went to build here. And what ended up happening was the appraisal came back for the construction loan because you have to take out a construction loan. And we're lucky to have family help because Kyle's dad owning the land and selling the land to us was obviously a blessing. We don't, we could not clearly afford to build a house, to buy the land. I mean, land in in New Hampshire is expensive. I mean, it's a hundred thousand plus for a lot and that's for less than an acre. So 
the lot we're on is, you know, much bigger than that. And we were going to get it for a fraction of the cost of what we would pay elsewhere. So at that time, we were building our cash PT business. So this is kind of an important part of the story. <laughs> the land that we currently live on is an hour away from our clinic. So once again, if you have built a clinic, you know how present you need to be the first one to two years, like close in proximity, because you're doing all the networking things you're doing, you're back and forth from the clinic to your, wherever you're living, you know, multiple times a day, because you're not seeing patients all day long. You're seeing a couple patients here and there and commuting was a big part. So moving up here and committing to moving up an hour away was a huge thing for us. And it wouldn't have worked out, I don't think. I, I truly, at that point in time, I was so frustrated that we were going to do that or that was part of the plan to build up here because it was just so far. And to be at that point, we were like friends with people that were down there and we obviously hung out with people and needed to be near the business. And moving up here at that point in time in my life just felt like, uh, we're going to have to like, you know, commute a long ways to do anything. Well, long story short, we had the appraisal. If you know anything about how the appraisals were in 2020 or in 2020 and 2021, it was a shit show. The banks hadn't caught up with like the current pricing. So it was just, it was very difficult. So we ended up having the appraisal done on the land and it came in, this is kind of like, I don't know, baffling, but when they appraised the house and what our loan would be for, they appraised it for almost 120K underneath what it would cost to build the house. And this is like at cost build because my husband's father is a contractor. So like it was much cheaper already, but the appraisal came in yeah, a hundred over a hundred twenty thousand dollars less than what we would need to build the house, which means we would have had to have a hundred thousand dollars cash to even take out the loan. Well, I just told you we were new grads. <laughs> we had six months of full-time jobs to work. So we were behind every single friend group or every single friend area that we hung out with. We were much further behind than they were. Um and you know, friends and family didn't really understand like the position that we were in as far as like, we can't afford anything right now. We're new guys. We have no money. <laughs> like it was awful. Um, and I say that with like, it was awful in the sense where it's like, I expected it. We'd started our life, you know, four years after most people would be starting their life because we went to grad school and obviously being a travel PT and having your four, your first full-time job, and then ending travel PT early slash not starting your next job because of COVID, it really put you in a shitty position. And I'll be honest, like it, it kind of sucked because you, you couldn't show great income. And also, by the way, we're self-employed at this point. We're self-employed. <laughs> I actually had multiple jobs and I'm going to go into that in a different episode. I don't want to get all the way into that today, but so Kyle was self-employed. So the only income that we were looking at was my full-time job. So it was a total total effing mess. Like I'll be, it was a total mess. So we obviously did not build in 2021 and we, we started looking again for houses. So at that point, like we kind of knew what we could afford based on my income and Renegade still didn't count because when you open a business, it takes two, two years of tax returns to have your income count. 
well, Renegade didn't count, hence why I had a W-2 job while we were building Renegade. Anyway, we kept looking, couldn't find anything, couldn't find anything. In August of 2021, we gave up. We were like, actually, it was like late July. We were like, we need to, we need to find something. So we actually, I called an apartment complex that we ended up moving into. And I was like, hey, I would love to get on your wait list because nobody had openings. And she said, okay, cool. We're booking into November. So it was July at that point. And someone had told me, I don't know who it was, but I was like, I'm just going to call them every day and see if they have an opening and maybe I can skip the, the list. Sure enough, one day I called and she was like, actually, we just had one that was unexpectedly open or opened unexpectedly. Do you want it? And we were like, absolutely sign us up. Let's do it. So we ended up moving into an apartment in September. It was late August of 2021 and then stayed there throughout until we moved here in January 2023. So the build, how it actually came to be is in 2022, we got to a point where we didn't have to be at Renegade every day for eight hours, right? So we got to a point where it didn't require our constant monitoring, constant effort. We didn't need to be right next door. Kyle only treats three days a week, so he's only commuting down there three days a week. So it ended up becoming not really a big deal to live far away. And I say far away, quote unquote, people commute hours every single day. And I know that you can't do anything about your commute, but I mean, I would ask Kyle yourself, but I think he's found some great ways to make the commute better. Like he's listening to all the podcasts, learning all the things. And I think that's great. Like it's a great decompression time for him. He doesn't seem to mind it. He did it for years when he was working up here, when he lived down Southern New Hampshire, when he was working for his dad, when he was younger. So he's used to it. He's not, you know, there's, it's not a problem. And the reason why we chose to build instead of look for a house is because we still couldn't in 2022, if we were to look at houses, we still wouldn't have been able to afford a house in the area that our practice is in. The Southern New Hampshire area has very expensive homes because, you know, it's 45 minutes from Boston. So people live in New Hampshire and commute to Boston. So it's just really expensive to live down there. And quite frankly, you're living in a very developed area. So you pay to live in those places. So we couldn't have afforded a house once again, that didn't need a ton of work. Well, between my business and Kyle and Renegade, we don't have the time to devote a ton of flipping into a house. Like it just isn't realistic for us. So we explored the option of building again at this point, appraisals caught up, all the things caught up and it ended up working out. So Super grateful for that because I recognize that it I'm in a position where like I hate to come off as like I'm now complaining about the house building process. I understand how I am very, very blessed to have the opportunity to build at such a young age and have someone help us out to get us here. I mean, we are both still self-employed, mind you. So we did have to do some like workarounds with family um, in order to qualify for a loan. Self-employment is a bitch. Like it's such a bitch. <laughs> and so we had to do some workarounds in order to qualify for a loan, but at we're at a point right now where we're not like trying to make ends meet money-wise. So it it really worked out timing-wise, and I do think that the timing happened in exactly the right order and everything happened when it was supposed to. You know, and once again super grateful. 
but, or and I should say, what I want to talk about today is just going through that process and just the things that we as business owners can do to help our consumers have a better experience within our business. And this is coming from working with a bunch of different contractors and just going through a process of something so that you can then tailor your business experience for your consumers in a way that makes them feel supported and you know they have all the information, et cetera. So I do have a list of six things. I listed out six things that I essentially thought were the biggest things that I was not necessarily taught, but just reminded of and reminded of the importance of during this whole process. So we're already at 16 minutes. I'm still hoping to keep it less than 30, but we'll see. (laughs) So let's go through number one. So number one is understanding the process in full and knowing exactly what is supposed to happen next. So I cannot understate, overstate, I cannot overstate the value of giving your people a process and telling them exactly what to expect. One, it eliminates them asking you questions. Like if they have a process in front of them and they know you're on step one, they know that step two is coming up next. It's just a general procedure that I feel like we all should take into account when we're trying to plan out, like we're going to do this and then we're going to do this, right? So it eliminates back and forth between you two because one doesn't understand the process. It also helps people set a realistic timeline and a realistic goal. So if you tell them that it takes two weeks to do this and three weeks to do this, understanding that everything is fluid, right? We can't guarantee anything. We know this. But if you set a general timeline expectation, once again, it's going to allow them to set realistic expectations on their end and it'll just take the pressure off of you. And they won't be saying, oh man, did you get this done yet? We're on step one, but like it's been three weeks. Like, is this normal? Right? So it allows them to set realistic expectations. And one thing that I would say is like always overestimate. Like under promise, over deliver in a way. Like you need to set a realistic timeline that just makes sense, but is also like a little bit extra. And then when it's shorter, people are pleasantly surprised. Win-win. It is a total win-win. So that's really number one is understanding or making sure your, your customer, your consumer understands the process that you have, the process that they're going through in full and understanding what is going to happen next or just what the process is in general. Number two is being upfront with your prices. And if anything, you should overestimate. There's nothing more frustrating than thinking something is going to be $100 and it ends up being $500. Understanding that things fluctuate, market stuff, but with the business that we're in, most of us are in, we have a price and things that we use have a price. So if we can set that price and we tell our consumer what that price is, ideally, we would either meet that price or be under that price. When we're over that price or we think we're going to be over that price, price. And I think it's on us as business owners to say, I told them a certain price and it went way above. 
I didn't get the okay, so I think it's okay for them to not pay you. (laughs) I mean, is that a popular opinion? I don't think so. I don't think that's a popular opinion. You should get paid for the work that you do. But I also think that it is on us as business owners to say, hey, it's going to cost 600 bucks. And if it costs 400, cool. But then if it comes back and it costs 1200, that's a problem because you're now dipping into someone else's financial plan, if you will. And if they didn't have 1200 bucks, then they didn't have 1200 bucks. And I just think about the healthcare system. And this is the problem with our healthcare system is that you go into the doctor and you pay a $20 copay, whatever, use your insurance not a fan, as you know, but like you get a bill for 800 bucks in the mail, 1200 bucks in the mail. I remember getting a bill for a 10 second visit for Kyle. That was like $1,400. And I was like, you literally did not do anything. How is this 1400 bucks? And like, yeah, we had shitty insurance. Like I won't lie. We had awful insurance, but it was when we had no money as new grads and we were both self-employed, yada, yada. So It's just wild to me that people can underestimate a cost by so much if you do this all the time, right? So overestimate, if anything, don't underestimate and then surprise people. My number three is you really can't expect everything to always go as planned. And there will always be things that you have to deal with. There will always be adversity and you really have no choice but to go through it because it just happens. And I don't think I need to elaborate much on that one. We all kind of know that. We know that shit's going to come up. It's going to not go as planned. There's going to be days that just aren't going well, (laughs) that are awful. Things happen that you have no control over. And the only way out is through. So as business owners, we have the, you know, ability to tailor our business to be a certain way. We have the ability to set our hours. So we can control a lot of things when we own our own business. However, there will always be things that we can't control that do affect our day-to-day. It's really about us minimizing that as much as we can. And when it does happen, to roll the punches and understand that this is typical. And if you're ever going to build a house, there's a lot of things that don't go as planned. So... I really learned how to roll with the punches there. My number four is being subject to waiting times and understanding that the faster option is not always the best. So you will have to wait around for things as a consumer and as a business owner. And just because something else is faster does not mean that it will be better. So we had people that were wait we were waiting on for weeks at a time and you know, you can hire someone who will have it done faster, but is it going to be as quality of a job? Are you waiting for someone who is known to be really good at what they do? And if you hire someone else, are you still going to get the same quality of work? Sometimes waiting a couple weeks and understanding that someone you want to see, someone you want to work with may be booked out. And as the business owner, it's okay to set yourself up on a schedule where you're booking out. Right now, I am booking out a month and a half in advance. And I just, I hear a couple different people in my life have said like their rush is not your problem. Like their people needing stuff tomorrow is not my problem and I don't need to make that my problem. So their lack of preparation does not constitute a rush on mine. So that's kind of, that's a military thing that Kyle used to say a lot. So, you know, understanding that wait times 
can be a great thing. It can allow you to get things more, you can get more clear on your message. You can, you know, make sure you understand exactly what the process is. You can ask questions, but having that wait time is not the end of the world. And it's always worth it if you're going to get a better outcome. Now, I understand there are some things that have to happen tomorrow. I get it. But when you are choosing to invest in a service or you are having, you're delivering a service, wait times are typical and becoming okay with that as the business owner booking people out, it's hard. You want to help everyone right away. It's literally in my blood to be like, I can fit you in tomorrow. I want to, but I just can't do that physically. My body can't tolerate it. And it's just not, it's not good. It's not good health-wise. So, and as the consumer, you got to understand you might be subject to someone else's wait times. And if you truly need something by April 1st, don't wait until March 1st to reach out. Wait until January of the previous year. No, I'm just kidding. But, you know, three months, four months, if you can anticipate something ahead of time, Yes, do that because then that wait time becomes less important and you can still get the result that you want because you have heard about this person, you know the work they deliver, etc. Next, cheaper does not always mean better. So in the house building process, you can definitely cut costs by using contractors or using people that aren't necessarily recommended to you or you can buy things that go inside your house for a cheaper amount. So like you can get knockoff flooring, you can get knockoff countertops, whatever it may be, but cheaper does not always mean better. And it's the same thing with the service industry, physical therapy, chiropractic, whatever it is, just because someone is cheaper does not mean it's better. And also just because it's not better for me, or just because that person is not for me does not mean that that person's not perfect for someone else. So Yes, price can dictate who you go and who you invest in. It can. I understand that. If you can't afford to invest in someone and you need to go a cheaper route, I get it. But I have heard the worst stories about people investing in cheaper people on like Fiverr and Upwork or whatever it may be. And they're like, I paid X amount of dollars, but the job still isn't done. And I'm like, yeah, this happens a lot. So I just think that when you're considering cost, and this is going to go into the next point, when you're considering cost, you need to think about it in a realistic way where if you invest more money, does that then prepare you for a longer period of success, a longer period of sustain sustainability, if you will? It's important to invest in things, right? That means something, but also that help you elevate everything. So Yes, cost matters. I, I can't negate that. Some things are just not affordable. I can't afford a lot of things. But if I had to make a decision on a service that I was getting offered, the only I'm not just going to look at cost in order to make that decision. You can't just look at cost. You have to look at the quality. You have to look at what that's going to provide you with in terms of happiness, in terms of longevity, and that's what you really need to base your decision off of. And sometimes if you want to listen to the logo episode head there, you can wait for things. You can wait for things, do things later on, invest later on. I just, it's not necessarily, nothing is an emergency realistically. So if you need to save up some money before you invest, 
cool. Do that, right? And then invest. So that's kind of my take on like cheaper does not always mean better. And oftentimes cheaper and faster, it, it can't, it's not always high quality. And I've actually seen more of the low quality side, especially when we're looking at cheap prices. So for what it's worth. My last point, and then we'll wrap up, is invest money into the important stuff and cut back or don't spend as much on things that are not as important to you. So this is huge. In business, you are told to do a bunch of stuff at the beginning. You got to buy your domain name, get your website, get a logo, get apparel, da, 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 da. The list goes on and on and on. Some people will say, I don't have startup costs wise, right? I don't have $5,000. I I have to get a space (laughs) and my space might have a rental deposit and first month's rent and last month's rent due on the same day. So I've seen a lot of that with commercial real estate. So understand that if you are told to do 10 things, but you can only afford five things Or you can afford 10 things, but spending less money in some so that you can invest more money in others. You should do that. So in real time here, let's talk about that. When Renegade first opened, we invest our space cost us nothing for five months because I traded a website for it because we didn't have the money to build out the space. We spent $8,000 to build out a space inside of a CrossFit gym we did not have more money to pay for rent. And I was like, this gym doesn't really have a website. I should build them a website, trade them a website, and then we can have rent free for a couple months. That worked out beautifully. We didn't buy apparel for more than just us. And we both had, <laughs> I think we both had two t-shirts. We had two t-shirts because we, we, we couldn't invest a ton of money in those. The website, obviously I built, but we had to pay for the plan. Email marketing, we didn't pay for software for quite some time. We paid minimal money for our EMR, right? And then now we're paying more because we need a better EMR. And we just spent money where it made sense. We had to spend money into building out our room. And that was our savings. That was our savings that we built on our first travel PT assignment. We spent all of our savings on building out the room. And we were like, that's all the money we have. So between supplies and the space, obviously we needed that to run our business. So we put our money there. We didn't put our money in the other stuff. We didn't put our money in buying like printed out flyers. We printed them out ourselves and we printed them out like five at a time. I remember going to my parents' house and printing out a flyer for our workshop and printing out like multiple of them because I was at my parents' house and like, I didn't have a printer at home and I didn't have ink. So I would use his printer. Thanks dad because we would go visit my family. And I was like, well, I'm here, might as well print it. And obviously he didn't care. So just, you need to understand that you can invest money in some things and some money doesn't need to be invested in others. In our house, a big thing, and this is just, it comes down to what do you value, right? So you have to understand what you're actually looking for as a result, what you need to get there. And then what do you personally value? So in our house, a big decision that we decided to make was to go let's just say cheaper on our countertops. If you've ever had to buy countertops for your house, it's expensive as shit. So we have three bathrooms or two and a half bathrooms and we needed countertops for the bathrooms. We were at a granite place and we had to choose the block of granite that we were going to choose for those countertops. And 
the money alone that would have went into just the bathroom countertops would have paid for half of our finished basement with the gym because we wanted Renegade to have a second space. So we had, we knew that we needed to pay for that second space anyway, and we just didn't know how we were going to do it and where we were going to cut back. So we did cut back on the countertops. We got leftover granite for our countertops for the bathrooms. And like, is it my favorite granite in the world? No. But I also look at that and I'm like, this doesn't bring me value. This doesn't bring me happiness looking at my countertops and like saying to myself, okay, the granite's like, okay, it's like not beautiful, but it's like, okay. I don't care. (laughs) That's something I just don't care about. So I didn't put money into it. Did the same thing with our wedding. We didn't have a big full-blown wedding because I didn't want to spend $30,000 on an event for everyone else. We climbed to the top of a mountain. I think it cost less than, between all the food and stuff, it cost way less than probably 8K. I think if we include my photographer in there, she was the most expensive part, which God bless, she is the best. Um, If we include that, maybe 10K. But like, it's not 30 and we didn't value that. We put our money somewhere else. We put our money into our business, if I'm being honest. So when you're deciding as a business owner and also as a consumer on what to spend your money on, you have to think about what's going to bring you value. Is it a smart move as far as will it bring you longevity? Will it make you better? Will it elevate your brand and then bring more people to you? And what truly, truly matters when it comes to the whole experience of your brand. Having five t-shirts instead of two t-shirts won't matter. I promise. Having merch in your clinic versus not having merch in your clinic doesn't matter. People can go online and buy it. We didn't add merch into our clinic until we were two years in because we couldn't afford to buy the stock. Like literally, it's just you can't do everything. So invest money into what the important stuff is and cut back on things that aren't important to you. If you want my two cents, I always, always, always think a website, I don't care how you do it, a website should be in those important things as a business owner. That will bring people to you. It makes people understand that you're an actual human, that you're a real business. So always make sure you put your website, and this is coming from me, obviously you knew I was going to say this, but always put your website in there, please. Um, I've seen some people be like, well, I don't want to get a website yet because I don't really have the money to afford one. I promise you there's ways. Talk to me. There's ways to get a website without spending $5,000. And we'll talk about that in future episodes as well. But for what it's worth, invest money in the stuff that is important to you and that will help you move the needle forward when it comes to being a consumer or being a business owner. So just to recap, The six things that building a house has reiterated to me about business, we have understanding and making sure your consumer understands the process in full and truly knows exactly what is going to happen next. We also want to make sure we're upfront with prices, overestimate if anything, underestimating and then hitting them with that surprise bill, that is harsh. Do not recommend. You can't expect everything to always go as planned. There will always be adversity and the only way out is through. So just plan for it, but also try to mitigate the amount of uncontrollables you have, if you can. Being subject to waiting times, right? So you might have a waiting time and understand that even if you find something faster, it does not mean that it is going to be 
better. We also have cheaper does not mean better. So invest in things, invest in the higher option. If it's going to give you more longevity, more happiness, elevate things in a way that you couldn't with the cheaper option, etc. If it lasts longer, it's likely worth it. And lastly, invest your money into the important, the valuable things to you and cut back on the things that aren't as important to you. And the only person who can decide that for you is you. So those are my six things that building a house has reiterated to me about business. And I am so happy that I was able to share those with you. Please let me know if you have questions or comments, or if you also agree with these things, or maybe you have something to add. I'd love to hear. I will catch you next time. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, 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 oh,